Okay, we rolling? We're rolling, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, welcome to The Journey to Wherever. You're listening to episode 78. And uh, it is a very, it's a very crisp, wet, cozy morning. This Saturday morning, it's and beautiful. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. I was, uh, I was. This is, this is your, this is you're vibing right now, right? I'm vibing. <laughs> I'm vibing, and I'm Ivan. Cute <laughs> intro. Daniel. My name's Ivan, and I'm a scientist by day and a writer by night. And I'm Daniel. I'm a neuromuscular therapist, and I run my own practice. And you're listening to the weekly podcast Journey to Wherever. Enjoy the show. You know oh, what man, I, I was like, I woke up this morning. Well, I, I had a feeling I'm like, you're going to come into your own. You're going to be like, winter is coming. You know, you're going to be feeling feeling the vibe and it's like raining. Did you notice the... Uh, oh, mate, I noticed. Did you notice the mood light was on? Yeah, I did. When I pulled up, I saw it. I was like... Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Hope everyone's having a fantastic week. Uh, it certainly is episode 78 of the podcast. And uh, I, I, I was doing some reflection. I realized I haven't been queuing the intro in the last episode or two. Oh, I was really? like, oh, something feels a bit off. I think we just kind of slide in. Do you want to hear the intro? Slide on into your podcast ears. <laughs> just slide on into your ears. Um, so yeah, I hope everyone's had a fantastic week. Um, it's been a busy one for me. Mm. Busy. Uh, so I've I've really been looking forward to the weekend and uh, kicking back and chilling, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I've um, I've been meaning to share some useless facts with you lately. Useless facts. Yeah. No, there's no facts useless. (laughs) All knowledge ultimately is self-knowledge. You know who said that? Well, who said that? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Whoa. The Um, legend. Did you like that one? Whoa. Yeah. Anyways. uh, (laughs) Share your useless fact. Yeah, no, there's there's many, but there's one that stood out to me because I've, uh, I, I, uh, as you know, with my, with my line of work, I, I meet and treat many different people and, um, I think this is a first for me. I've had a... A uh, zookeeper. This is the first. I don't think I've ever had a zookeeper before as a client. Um, so I've never really had one before. Um, I don't think I have. But this one, this lady in particular, she's like just. We just have really good conversations. Obviously, like I just I'm intrigued by you know what she does and stuff like that. And she told me this thing. Um, so she she mainly works in. She doesn't specialize in anything in particular. I forget what she like. I think she's a bit of an all rounder. Mm. Right. But at the moment, she works at Taronga Zoo and she's in like the reptile kind of section. Mm. Did you know that a frog can be frozen? What, and come back to life? And then come back to life. I didn't know that about frogs. That's pretty cool. Frogs can be like... You literally just destroyed my weekend. Why? Because that's all I'll be reading about for the next two days. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's what I did. I was like, I th- at first I thought, nah, she is full of it. That is bullshit. How could you, how could you, like, and I, I, when she was talking, I was being really respectful. But then as she kept talking more, I was like, damn, like, she, she's like, it sounds like legit. And I probably was a bit silly not to believe her in the first place. So then obviously you can imagine exactly what I did because she was just before my lunch break. I was like, bang, straight on it. And it was true, right? So I was like, so did you know they can be frozen, right? You didn't know. No, so I didn't know. Did how this is even this is even more amazing. How long do you think a frog can be frozen for? Then thaw, then still regain its life like nothing happened. I think the answer is probably limited to how long they've actually done a study for. Well, they've done they've done many studies. <laughs> 5 years. Mainly, mainly in like Three mainly years. in North America, but they've got these like special like um, not special frogs. Three but, years. Huh? Three years. Seven months. Really? Seven months they can be frozen for. Like just, you know, hopping about, doing their, you know, frog thing, catching flies and whoosh, like judge dread, get frozen over. Seven months later, thaw out and just go, just carry on just like nothing off. happened. They're pretty cool. <laughs> Considering they start from like tadpoles evolving to frogs. Yeah. And then just it, go down that path. I was just like, I had someone just like down this like rabbit hole of learning about frogs and say, so yeah, I'm looking forward to her to uh, be in again next it, that's week. That's funny. I ask saw her a, about uh, some random reptiles and stuff like that. Uh, it's timely because I saw a post on on online recently where, and I don't know the exact, I don't know if it's fact. There was no checking or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know if it was like super factual, but nonetheless, I saw this thing and I've heard about this in the past where. There's been quite a few famous people that have had themselves frozen. 
Wasn't Walt Disney one of them? Oh, I think so. Is I don't know frozen? if that's like an urban legend, but uh, but there are. But where are these? Where are they keeping these? Well, there's uh, there's actually a company that does actual cryo like cryo freezing. You can either pay to have your just your brain frozen or your entire body frozen. And the it's purpose, a proper company. After and the purpose you die, is to be reborn back to life later when the technology's there. It's a proper company. There's like full cylinders in a warehouse of people wow, in like right. cryogenesis right now. Interesting. And uh, I think it's in the states. And um, I saw some uh, some posts saying, oh, you know, there's there's all these people being frozen. Did you know there's all these people being frozen? They're going to come back one day. And realistically, if they haven't been, because it's it's not a matter of bringing them back to life. It's how well you retain the quality of the cells when you do the freezing. Because as soon as you subject cells to rapid changes of temperature like that, like freezing and thawing and stuff like that, you can kind of lysate cells and damage them. So they, they essentially I, break I down. I wouldn't imagine you'd come back normal. No, you'd have there'd be quite a lot of damage there. A lot of damage. Um, so I, I, I think it's limited right now to the to the ability to to actually perform the freezing, the cryogenesis well enough now to retain the integrity of all the tissue. Yeah. That's probably the limiting factor. But nonetheless, it's it's probably a very real possibility. And I think the, the only challenge is if, if someone's got some sort of a, like a disease or <clears throat> ailment or something like that, you're essentially freezing that in time. Mm. So when they come back out... They're just still the same. They're, they're kind of the same anyway. Yeah. It's just you just hope that <laughs> just the technology is advanced enough that when they come out, they can then subject them to whatever treatment that they need. Exactly. Um, but yeah, to, to the point of the frogs, I mean, that's it, it's fascinating. I'm certainly going to read about that. There was I actually went down a rabbit hole some time back. There are some creatures that can actually dehydrate themselves. It's the complete opposite. Really? Yeah, and it's not for like you know, as in days. as in reptiles or just in no. They're more like um. Oh, geez, I should have probably researched this. What would before. be the purpose of dehydrating yourself? Like okay, for, oh, for that, a perfect that'd, example, that'd be about rep. That'd be about predators. No, per- perfect example: sea monkeys. You know the little those little yeah, thing, yeah. the krill thing, the f- things that you can kind of buy from a toy shop. Yeah, they're in like a little sachet, uh-huh. almost like a salt sachet. You put it in the water, <laughs> put it in water, and yeah. then these things just come to life and start swimming around. Yeah, because well, they're, they're dehydrated. dehydrated crystals. Yeah, yeah. I think they, I think, I think they stay in egg format, in egg form. But you can kind of dehydrate them; they just stay there like that. And there's quite a number of creatures that can actually do this. Like, oh, geez, I forgot the name of it. I should should look this up again so I can remember. Um, but just like the opposite. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what would be the purpose of um, de- like to properly dehydrate yourself because a frog doesn't freeze itself; it just happens because the climate they live in like obviously well, around the- here they don't freeze themselves but like in north america like alaska all those kind of countries if there's frogs they just freeze over and then just when the spring or summer hits they just go back to normal well for for um creatures where it's dry for where they dry out you just i guess the, the reason would be is they've been in a state where there's no more water mm. for extended periods of time either they go through some sort of a drought or it's a survival thing. Levels change in water where they're just exposed to dryness or something like that or extreme heat maybe and evaporate. I don't know. Mm. So, fascinating stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm certainly going to look that one up. But um, something completely unrelated. Sure. This week was a very exciting week. Okay. And and, I, and I'm not one to look at like critiques either. You know, because anyone, anybody who does a, a... Anyone who's a professional critiquer... Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me start. Let me put the caveat like this. Just in case there's professional critiquers that listen to the show. And I know you've got a lot of clients on your books. And no, that's all right. Like any critiques, of them are. judges, all those kind of, all those kind I, of I'm talking people that like do professional critiquing of like film and food. Where okay. they go in, they sit down and it's they're like renowned critiquers. Yeah. Where if someone quotes, it's like, we want to get their critique. I hope it's a good one. Like, I couldn't give a flying shit about stuff like that. Yeah. Like if somebody was a critiquer and, for example, critique this podcast and goes, "Oh, it's it's stale and unprepared, and <laughs> it lacks it lacks the the preparation that that bonds the unity of of much more refined." Po- it's like fuck off, shut up. And then they go, "Oh, Get we're going to rate this a one point nine out of five stars." It's like I, I I can't, I just don't understand that world. That world. Okay. It's like one person's critique does not measure. Hmm. You know the quality of a body of work. Yeah. Um. So I've always been one to never give a shit about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I, but I was interested after I watched this particular film. So this week, the Zack Snyder cut 
of the Justice League was yeah, released. Yeah, yeah. So and you texted me the other day and you're like, oh man, I watched the trailer for Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah. And I was like super excited too because I'm like, oh my God, like Zack Snyder's coming out in Justice League. Um, is that is is the Mortal Kombat coming out as a as a movie in a cinema movie or it's on one of the streaming platforms? Uh, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's a movie. Okay, when's 20, it coming they said out? 2021. I don't know. Did they? Okay. Yeah. So, have you heard about the Snyder Cut? Like what this whole, no. whole thing's about? So y- years ago, back in what 2017 or something, mm-hmm. the Justice League came out. Mm-hmm. The movie. I, the movie. I think yeah. it was like Josh Whedon. I think. I think he ended up kind of doing the final post-production edit or something. I think I might have got his name right. And th- so the movie came out. If you're a true fan, you liked it, but it had mixed reviews. When I watched it, I really enjoyed it because I'm, like, I'm a big Superman fan and I like mm-hmm. DC. But it felt a little bit disjointed in its storyline. That's my opinion, just because okay. I like the storyline. Anyway, and uh, since then, every couple of months, it trends online. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Okay. And just constantly going. Because what happened was, is back in 2017, Zack Snyder, who did uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. was doing Justice League. Yeah. And in a sad, sad um, turn of events, he'd lost his daughter during the produ- like during the directing of that film. Oh, so, he geez. left. It's a shame. And so, someone else came and took it over and released it. And Warner Brothers still put it out. But over the years, everyone's like, release the Snyder Cut. Because yeah. we saw snippets of pictures and rather than have like a red suit, Superman was in like a black suit. Yeah. It was real dark. He, he's got his touch, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and it's been treading. Everyone's like, please, like, release it, release it. And it kind of just got traction. Yeah. And you're like, nah, this is never going to happen. Yeah. And it was just kind of this hopeful hashtag. Okay. Anyway, on Thursday at 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time mm-hmm. on Binge. Yeah. Kudos, Binge. You did well. I told you, man. <laughs> Come across the Binge. Hashtag love you, Binge. Um, they released the Zack Snyder. They released the Snyder Cut. So they've just Justice they've already League. released it. They just released it this week. Wow. And I think HBO was the one who ended up kind of getting it, it out a push. there. But Binge has also taken on to release it here in Australia. Yeah. It is a four-hour-long film. Four hours? Four hours, dude. Jesus. It took me... I would have watched it in one night, but I started late because by the time I got the kids down, I couldn't do it. So, you, so you I, stopped. I had to go to... I had to split it in two. Didn't you see how long it was going to go for? I did, but I wanted to start Didn't it. Didn't you just want to save it for like a, a, a binge session? No, I wanted to start it. Oh, wow. Because, man, if someone posted I can't do some that. shit or said some stuff about what happens, I'm like, oh, fucking no, it's ruined. Ah. <laughs> so I was like, nah, I'm so, I want to watch it. And I, I went to watch the whole thing, but I could not... It was just getting late. Nat ended up falling asleep on the couch next to me. Hmm. Um, it was like t- past midnight and I was like, there's another two hours of this, more than two hours of this thing to go. Yeah. So, I ended up stopping it and recommencing it last night. Yeah. So, it is now on my list of top films of all time. Wow. Um, top films of all time. Top films of all time. Okay. Stuff any critique that gave it a shitty rating. You know what you're talking about. I rate this thing 10 out of 10. I'm the only critique that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, that's all I'm going to say on that because I don't want to ruin that film for anybody. You have to go and watch it. Um, Jeez, you've you've given it the bench, Mark, which is like literally the top. 10 out of 10. It's 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 a marble 10 plus ribeye. It's everything. It's medium medium rare. rare. Yeah. On the bone. On, yeah, straight on the bone still. Um, all right. So, awesome, man. But. But. So, no, 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 no buts for the film. Okay, all that, right. I just wanted to bring that up. This is me kind of, you know, my three, four minute long intro into what I wanted to kind of talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the film, everyone. It's fantastic. <laughs> Zack Snyder, you, uh, you did it justice. Yeah. Um, I like that. Zack Snyder, you did it justice. Justice League. Oh, oh, good. It's good. I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. It kind of got me thinking, like sitting on like the fence of like one side or the other, right? Okay. So I like a good fence sitting one. Yeah, and 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 some episodes back, I can't remember which one it was now, but we talked about you kind of coined the coined the bio term where professional fence sitters. Yes, and it was timely because at that at that time, I was thinking, uh, I I kind of felt like I I I don't want to be too green, like too unbiased. Mm-hmm. 
provide both sides of the story all the time. Because yeah. I'm like, if you don't have polarity in the audience yeah. and in your opinions, you're kind of sitting on that safe side. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? And I was actually thinking, you know what? I really need to just take a stance and give my side of the opinion. And just jump And hope fence. that people like it. Jump and, on the other side of the fence. I mean. And jump on the other side of the fence. And, and, and for <clears> those that didn't, I'd be like, yes. Because okay. I've never... In all my time of writing online, I've never, I've probably had, I've probably had one one person really write something bad to me online about oh, really? the quality of my work, and like your writing's bad, this that you'll never. You're bad. And I was like, like I'm screenshotting this shit, <laughs> and I kept it. it. Was so good. It was the, it was my first hate comment, and it was one of the best days of my life. And I so I never really got it, and I'm kind of reflecting. I'm like, why is that? And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm safe. Too I'm, safe. Too safe. Okay. I didn't want to give too much of the opinions, and this plat this podcast has been the first platform. You know, podcasting I think for a lot of people is a good platform to be able to speak because mm-hmm. right now it's a it's probably the most untouched area. Touch wood. Well, it's 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 definitely it's definitely gaining way more traction than what it is. It is, and and ago. eventually the you know the the, the cancel culture censorship will come in, and you'll yeah. have you know the woke coming in and going, oh, can't talk about that. Oh, you know. Uh. Um. But so far, it's a pretty good spot. You can you can voice a lot, and we've gotten to. A, and we don't talk about we, we, we don't like try and go out to offend people. We have you know we have pretty fair good, views. We have a good chat. We have a good chat about yeah. and present you know different different views and let people kind of answer the questions themselves. But it still got me thinking anyway. Just just in general, I'm like, I think I, I think I need to feel a little bit more safer to just take a stance on either one side of the fence or the other if I really believe in it and yeah. take the stance. I think and we, I started to do that. I think we generally do in a sense, but what I meant by the term professional fence sitters is we break down both sides of the argument really well and allow people to make their decision. Decision and judgment. But they Who's kind off? of can tell by our context and our tone of which side of the fence we kind of sit anyways. That's what I mean though. Yeah. It's that. It's that right there. You nailed it. It's okay. like they can kind of tell. Kind of tell. Okay. It's like, so you, you want an it's affirmative... Like, I want an affirmative I sit, I sit on, on this, this side. side of the fence. Okay. All right. For whatever it is. Okay. Right? And... so Because I like the term professional fence sitters. But like it makes like me next level professional fence hitters. Like we're top of the food chain for professional fence hitters. Yeah, we yeah. own the fence. We own the fence. <laughs> we are the fence. <laughs> we are one with the fence. Um, so it, it kind of got me thinking okay. around that, All right. and just picking one side, and I, I, and even bringing it up, you're like, yeah, but we don't really sit on the fence. We kind of sit in the middle. It's like, no, dude. We sit on the fence. No, we do. I know we do. You're still sitting on the fence saying I am saying I'm sitting on the fence right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm sitting on the fence swinging my legs both ways. So, it got me thinking about that. And uh, there's probably lots of things in life where it it, it has its disadvantages. Sitting on the fence? No, not sitting on the fence. Not sitting on the fence. Right. And we can see that by the divide in lots of people's opinions through many different topics, especially from 20... 2018 to 2021 has been the interesting period of humanity's time where picking one side of the fence or the other uh-huh. has gotten a lot of people in it's gotten a lot of people in a pickle to say the least to say the least um, but I still think there's value in doing it but what I think is interesting is I think more people have been pushed to picking one side of the fence out of almost like a resistance. I like. kind of feel like you just hit the nail. I feel like people push that way because people have to feel like they have to be on a team. Yeah. Like you can't be playing for both teams. You can't be seen as, you know, oh, like, you know, I, I'm this and, and I'm that. No, no, no. You have to be one side. That's where I feel like just the world in general is. You know what I mean? It's like everyone always pushes towards, like you can't have a multitude of different opinions on the one topic Without having to pick a side, yeah, and I'm you, like, you're yeah, a sport. Well, I like both sides. You like sports, right? Yeah, and uh, and we've got a a uh, a good portion of guys that listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's a lot of sports sports loving guys out there. Yeah. So I'm curious what they would think about this, and that's why I'm asking you too, because you're more sport. You watch an interest in sports, and particularly fights more than I do. Yeah. When someone and I and I know I've done this, I'm guilty of this. So I'm curious what your thought is, but you know when there's like a bout between two people, yeah, and then someone comes along and says, "May the best man win," yeah, and they don't really pick a side; they're just like, "Nah, may, may, may the best man." Win. As in, like, a, as in, like a, a TV analyst, 
anybody yes. just says it like where it's two teams may the best man win or okay. where it's two people fighting nah man may, may the best man win okay like how does that how does per- someone not picking and just kind of saying like whoever wins wins who deserves it wins how does that make a sports person feel because that's that's sitting on the fence I think in a context of whether it's being televised and you've got TV analysts sitting on a panel, um, they're often required to pick who they think may win. And then if there's someone that's generally right in the middle and they're maybe of, of an influential figure, they don't want to sway the audience either way because it's like a neutral-based show, for example. Yeah. So they'll say, Let, may the best man win. But behind closed doors... They obviously have someone who they think is going to win. A preference. A preference, of course. Um, that's that aspect. If it's just like, I don't know, mates at a pub or just hanging out at someone's house and may the best man win, it's like, nah, you can't. No, pick someone, man. You've got to pick someone. Because I'm guilty so. of doing that, man. Hey? I'm guilty of doing that. Two doing reasons. What? Saying may the best man win. Really? I'll tell you why. One is because- I'm always naturally inclined, if it's a fight, boxing, MMA, I start off going, oh, this is going to be a good fight. And I don't, in my mind, I'm telling myself that I don't really care who wins. But then all of a sudden, whatever, however the, f- the fight is going, I tend to kind of sway one side. And then all of a sudden, maybe with two or three minutes in the fight, I'm like, okay, I'm going for that person now. I don't know what happens. It's just something happens in me. Yeah. And I tend to pick a side. Okay. I, I get that part. Because um, there's probably two reasons when I, when, when, when I do this as to why I do it. One is sometimes I don't know who's good enough to actually win. So I just like, well, may the best man win because I actually don't know who's going to win. <laughs> okay. And I'm there just for the show. Yeah, fair enough. So I, so I don't know. But then there's other times where I'm like, I really like both sides here. Yeah. I really like both sides. And in the purest sense of it, whoever's put in the most work behind closed doors, deserves whoever really deserves it, not because, not because of anything else but how hard they worked the 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 grind and stuff that they put in to get to where they are if there was like a universal measure in the background to keeping tabs you know on mm-hmm. how hard they worked i'm kind of betting towards that to say well i hope you hope you you do this person the honor and let the best man win Where, whichever way the universe is pulling them but is it really like that i don't know ah <laughs> uh, look it's hard so to that's say. Why like, say who's, it. who's to say one work, one worked harder than the other? Sometimes it's pretty obvious. You can tell when they step on the scales or whatever, just the the the, the way they look, or maybe the amount of media that they've done, or there's all these different factors. But like behind closed doors, who's to say that that person's energy output was better than the other ones? Does it bother you when someone comes up and they've literally done like not much work and they just make it? Compared to someone who's really put in the slug and just Define hasn't quite it. nailed it. And Define someone just comes it. up and just like, they just wing it almost and just do it. And everyone's like, oh, this person's so great. They're an overnight success. And they actually, in the truest sense, might be an overnight success. Define make it though. Make it in terms of they, they, the they, sport itself. Not 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 on the grandest lifelong sense. Just in the first instance. They win a really good fight, get fame in the moment, everyone loves them. They just they just get the traction that if they did something with it yeah. and continued with it They'd and be didn't become a one hit wonder, but they continued with it. Yeah. It's almost like the world gave them the seed and said, All right. We've you've won the lottery yeah. for no other reason than just you were here today. We picked you. Yeah. You've now got a shot. If you run with this you will be great. Yeah. But you've done, you've pretty much not even earned it, but we've given you the platform. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a person next to them that's got up at like five o'clock every morning, slugged it out for 20 years, is at that level or close to that level, but this person surpassed them just by waking up that day. Does that irritate you? It used to. It doesn't anymore. Why? I just feel like it is just it, whichever way you want, however you want to believe it. It's like they were obviously there at a point in time. Like the first thing that comes to mind is like, that when we spoke about Tommy Caldwell, right? Yeah. Not deemed a professional climber, right? Participates in an amateur show, like an amateur like um, uh, competition before the pros. Yeah. Because he just he just did because he happened to be there. Yeah. Wins it, gets invited to 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 participate the next day in the pro comp, and then wins it. Now he has obviously got the talent. That's the thing. He's got the talent. He's got the talent. Yeah. 
So he's just come out of nowhere. There's a whole, let's just say there's 20 other guys there ready to climb. And this rookie, nobody, nobody knows and comes out of nowhere and just flogs all these guys. Do you feel bad about the pros that have been pros? You kind of go, yeah, but maybe. But there's a bit of retrospect to that because he then put in the work. That's right. So that. we don't really know how much work. It may be perceived that this person comes in, does this like massive knockout or a great shot at a soccer goal or just says the right thing in an interview with Dr. Phil, like, you know, catch him outside, how about that or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's like people can look at it as in like, oh, they're just, they just came out of nowhere and said something. Yeah, they probably did. But it's about it's about how they maximize it afterwards. Yeah. So, do I feel sorry for the person in time that was being a pro forever and then loses to the, the unknown? I kind of do feel a bit bad. But if that person that wins takes it, runs with it and smashes it, I no longer feel sorry for you. Because, because they were the true great. Because they were the true great. Yeah. I always say, like in anything, like even in just in, in my line of work and just like when I speak to my boys about like their sport or just in athletes in general, you can never feel comfortable. The moment you think you're comfortable, it's and there's many, many reasons why you might feel comfortable is because you feel like you're at the top of your game already. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with feeling like you're at the top of your game. But then there's a level of complacency. That goes on with feeling at the, feeling like you're already at the top of your game and you don't have to worry about who's behind your shoulder. You should always feel like you should be training like there's someone else that's better than you, even if you are the champion of the world. Mm. So if you get beat, it, it really signifies what I just said. And if you don't get beat, well, then you're obviously pushing harder and harder and harder. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, does that make sense? It does. I, I always almost <clears throat> wanted to just dive down and explore that a little bit more because I like that. All right, let's keep going. Um, and I, it's I, a it's a mentality. It's a mindset. You know what I mean? Like you can never feel like like you're the you're the best at your game. Hmm. You can never feel like you shouldn't be doing any more workshops or reading about any more books or training that extra ten minutes harder. The I think that comes down to a level of like almost. Uh, not not cockiness. What's the word? Um, Drive. No, when someone's um, not obnoxious, when someone's <clears throat> when they get to that point in their career where they're like, I'm, I I know everything. I'm the best. There's not there's nothing else for me. I'm 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 the greatest. I think there's there's a multitude of different things you can t- say about that person, but it's like like it's there's a certain level of <clears throat> what I mean by drive as well. There's a certain level like where people want to achieve something, right? Whatever it is, yeah. doesn't matter. Whatever it is. Generally, these goals are something that they've been looking at since they were on the bottom. Maybe they're, maybe the place that they were living in, the car that they were driving, the bed that they're sleeping on, yeah. the food that they're eating, their upbringing, the clothes that they're wearing were all a driving factor in getting them to wanting to drive the car that they want, living in the house they want to be in, flying around the world and exploring things. So, that's the drive of let's just say a professional athlete, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Or even like someone that's just like low on the totem pole in a business and they want to work up to being the general manager or the CEO. Mm-hmm. There's a vast difference in um, in their lives, yeah. what, one's per- what one person is doing and to what the other person is doing. So the materialism sometimes is what drives people, mm-hmm. right? They achieve what they set out to achieve by being at the top, but they've already achieved the goal, which was the material part, which is, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But once you already have everything, how do you continue to drive to be staying on top? And that's why often a lot of those people don't stay on top the longest because they don't have that whole like, well, I'm already sleeping in silk pajamas. What else? Do, what else can I achieve? It's a level of complacency. So it's like I think it's always. I think the way out of that is to always go on the hunt to find someone better than you. Exactly right. You always have to feel like someone's going to take these silk pajamas off me. Yeah. So I want to wear these silk pajamas for as long as I. So you got to shift. You go. I want to wear first. The first phase is I want to wear silk pajamas. Second phase is I'm already wearing the silk pajamas. Great. Third phase is how I want to keep these silk pajamas for as long as I possibly can. But if you're just sleeping in the silk pajamas. You probably sleep in a little bit more. You hit the snooze button a little bit more. You don't train as hard or you don't mm-hmm. study as hard. Whatever it may be, that's when the unknown or the rookie or whoever, whichever way you want to look at it just creeps in slowly, 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 just a little bit more and then bang. 
takes it from you. Mm, I think I think that I think this. Oh, I hate using the word the secret to this. It's the, I think the uh, the hidden message, the hidden message or the gem in this situation could be: if you want to keep being great, it's hunt down the person that will be able to beat you. So don't always chase the win. Always try and chase the loss. The challenge. And if you always try and chase the loss, you've got nothing to lose except being great. That's right. And you'll always know that you're trying to, you're always on the top of the game because if no one's beat you yet and you're trying to find the person that can beat you, then you're legitimate. You're legitimate. You are legit. And you're legitimate and you're also humble because you're finding the person that's willing to lose. And when you finally get lost, you go, damn. There's a certain sense of humility there. In cha- yeah. chasing chasing the goal, I think that just uh, transformed my my view around what winning and losing means. <laughs> no, legit, I think it did. Um, it's funny because, like, I I, I work in uh, when when I say science, one of one of the kind of sectors that I've now taken my science degree into is working in the area of quality, for example. And one of the things that I, whenever I get a new team. The first one of the first messages I try and communicate to the team is our objective should be to put ourselves out of work. Interesting. You'll always need quality in an organization. Mm-hmm. And you end up getting to this point where you build a very strong quality culture mm-hmm. where everybody kind of does does things right. If something goes wrong, they put in the, the work and the and the corrections to make things kind of not happen again. They look for improvements and things like that in their processes. Covering the gaps. And whatnot, filling the gaps. Yeah. But it always requires quality to kind of sit there in the background, help guide, consult, provide support, mm-hmm. help lead the way, lead by example, um, and assist in getting them to do things the correct way so they don't break any rules mm-hmm. while trying to do their things and yeah. do the best they can. Um. But the the ultimate goal to get to a point where you're no longer where where an organization is very good with quality is to no longer need quality because then you're at a true level of quality culture in the mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. So it's almost like you're trying to always put yourself out of work, which means getting the getting everybody around you to the point where they are better than you and the organization is better than you as an individual in being able to provide services in quality to the group. Yeah. So you're trying to put yourself out of work. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of speaks a little bit to that whole winning thing around the, that's the a per- going that's for a, the challenge to, because to, as, as a real that, life example. That's the perfect know. mindset. That is the perfect um, mindset. And and I think that I've never really thought about it in sport the way you kind of articulated it, but I think that's that's something I'm fascinated by. And um, well, they, they transcend. Yeah, they transcend. Like what you said is perfect. A lot of people would be like, "I like it where I am right now as a as a quality control person." How long do I keep this job for in a comfort level mm. of me not having to work too much harder, not and making my team not as good as me or better than me, just so I don't get taken off the perch? What or what? What? It's, it's almost a sense of self sabotage. People do that without even knowing. Mm. People won't chase um, uh, certain extra qualifications or, or an extra world title or whatever it might be because they're in their comfort zone. Mm. So what you're doing is perfect. Like you're getting to a level where it doesn't, where the quality control aspect is. You don't have to worry about it to a point where they go, "Jesus is perfect. Um, we don't actually need you guys anymore." Well, yeah. It's never going to happen, but. You want it to be perceived in a sense that, like, it, it is so maxed out that the mm. quality is so good that, like, what what do we do from here? Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's that's the level to that's the level to be at. And it's the same thing with sports as well. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think complacency is a big is a big toxic killer. I remember it was funny. It's just comfort level. People get to a point where they they've been driving for such a long time to get to the top. That they un- that it once they're at the top, they understand how exhausting it is to stay at the top. Yeah. So then they start to they're smart enough to know in their industry what to do to stay at the top without pushing to that next level. Yeah. I, I'm always um I, I I I don't know about you, but I can't I can't understand not wanting to continue going for a growing. Not not even going forward. Not yeah. it's not even in a direction. It's just growing, period. Yeah. And a few years ago, I remember I started one one particular job, and it was like it was one of these first day kind of 
conversations that you have. There's been, a, you know, when you, you know, when you walk into a situation for the first time, a new job, a new, I don't know, friendship, relationship. You visit people for the first time, and someone says something or something happens, and it's like that's one of the defining moments at the start of your relationship. Yeah. Um, like I remember one time when I was at, like when when I met one mate one of my best mates at university, for example, the first thing that was like a defining thing is he walked up and he's like, he's talking about like the dirty denim jeans. Like, oh, those jeans are like with dirty denim. When you wear them with these kind of shoes, it was the thing then. Yeah. That was like the first conversation. It's like the defining moment. Yeah. Then I walked into another place when this was for work and a guy goes, oh, you're going to get a baptism of fire. Okay. And I was like, fuck, what, 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 what the hell does that into? mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I walked into another area and this guy walks up to me and he's like, I had a plastic sleeve in my hand because I had some paperwork in it that I'm trying to process. Mm-hmm. And he said something along the lines of like, oh, you're, you've learned all. That's the right way. You've got it. And he goes, this is the... He kind of mentioned it as like, he's trying to tell it. He goes, this is what you do. Whenever you walk around here, <laughs> if you want to keep... If you want to keep like kind of your job, everything good, safe, whatever. Yeah. Always walk around with a plastic sleeve under your arm. Yeah. With paper in it. He goes... Mm-hmm. Because it'll always look like you're busy. Yeah. And then you'll be fine. Yeah. And I thought to myself, the first, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> what a loser. What a loser mentality. Yeah. The guy is not a loser, just a loser mentality, mentality. Yeah. of like, I just instantly thought to myself, I'm like, why what, would you even do that? Why would you even do that? Why would you even begin to have the process of, like, of, of okay, oh shit, it's, oh, it's two o'clock. Let me walk around the office for a little bit and with Manila folder on my arm. Yeah, just, just to look busy. Look busy. Like put that energy into doing something. And that was a, it was the same type of conversation that I heard later on, you know, in corridors and walking around. It was like, you turn your head and like, I recognize that voice. You're kind of looking like, you know, it's not fair. Everyone else gets paid more and I never get a pay rise. I'm like, dude, like, I just think to myself, I was thinking like three months ago, you were telling me about how to hack the system and look busy yeah. by keeping a plastic sleeve on your arm. Now you're complaining you're not getting a pay rise. <laughs> what planet are you living on? Yeah. The world doesn't work this way. Yeah. If you want to get forward, you need to plant the seed. Yeah. If you want to eat food, you need to water the plant. Yeah. You know, if you want to feed your family, you got to kind of like take the crops. Yeah. You, there's always this process of continuously moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and I just never got that. Um, uh, I've digressed massively on the topic of sitting on the fence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this rabbit hole just went down a, a different turn. But like, it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of this time where like when, I, when I do sessions with like students about you know, personal development and I always use a quote for myself that I, if they relate to it, then they do. If they don't, they don't. I always say I'm... And I... I always say I'm ruthlessly critical on my next, like making my next treatment better than the last. Mm. And you never really hear the words ruthlessly and critical and all, all that in the in the kind of, in the same context. Yeah. And, and then I kind of divulge on it a little bit more, and I say the best case scenario is someone. It's your classic. Someone walks in with a walking cane. Yeah. And they walk out and they throw the walking cane in the air and do a cartwheel and go, yeah, I feel great. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's like a therapist's like dream. Like if you could record that, that's like, well, I want to do, I want to receive what that guy's done. How, do, how does someone walk into a treatment room with a walking cane and then does a backflip coming out? Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't really happen that often, but sometimes in a certain sense, it does. And I always tell them, that's great. You know, and it's not, it's not necessarily a, sh- it's a, sh- it's not a, a shutting you down thing. It's, Pick what you could have done better. Mm. And some might look at that and I remember this one guy was like, how could you pick something that you could have done better when someone walks in with a walking cane and walks out without it? I said, that's part of personal development. Mm. You, what happens if you do seven of them in the row? You got like the, the a head the size of like King Kong. Like mm. you're not going to grow as a therapist and get better. If you try and even nitpick on the 0.01% that you could have done this a little bit better you could have maybe held this trigger point for a little bit longer you could have done this immobilization or you could have done that nerve release whatever it might be even if you don't think it was completely necessary but you nitpick at your own development Mm. that's the the sense of ruthlessly critical that's how you get better do you ever what about this and i'll throw this curve question to you then what about is is there a point where you 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 get to a point in a situation where you're working the way as hard as you are and you're always looking for something better to improve but when do you get to the point where you say like you know what 
it's a point of diminishing return now. Enough's enough. I think I've got enough out of this situation. I don't need to grow in this. It's time to just accept that it's good there. And even though I've got, even though it's not a five, five out of five, it's maybe like a 4.5 out of five, is it worth getting that extra half to get to the five? Or when do you know you've got to shift and move to something else now and it's not worth anymore? I know this is going to sound super cliche, but I that's not how I... I'm, I don't think I can ever see myself... I'll answer this in two different ways. I don't think I can ever see myself, um, in especially in my line of work, being happy with a 4.5. I'll always try and just... I, I'm super critical of my own treatments all the time. Mm. All the time with everything that I do, whether it, it might even not even be the actual treatment, it could just be the communication, it could be how I um, uh, explained what they're going through, it could just be the, how I explained their their ailment to them. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the actual treatment itself. Yeah, the treatment probably outweighed the explanation. Yeah, so I'm always going to aim for a, for a for a close to a five, if not a five, all the time. But there's a huge but. I'm also a massive realist as well. The moment I feel like I'm content with a four and a half, I know it's time for me to let it go. Okay, that's the answer that I was looking for. You, you, not that I'm, I know you're going to say that. I'm, but I just I'm need... aware enough to know yep. not to drag things on. Okay, that's what I was going to say because I think there comes a point where, where, say, say for example, I wrote a book tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, someone writes a book tomorrow, and they and that not f- in, and forget the critics. Like we spoke about this, earlier. F- who cares about what the critics rate it? But if you put the book out, and you re- and you go back and you read it, and you put it out, and you see it on the shelf, and you, when you walk past it, your own book, and you go, you know what? I reckon that's a four and a half out of five. Yeah. And you genuinely feel like that, not because you're cocky, not because you got a big head, not because you need a helmet, just genuinely because you walk around, and you go, you've compared I'm it to content. others. I'm like yeah. really content. I put in my heart. I got a four and a half out of five for that. That's what I rate myself. I'm good with it. Do you need to rewrite another book to try and get that five? No, because you just answer, you just answer the question. You're yeah. content with the four and a half out of five. That's the level you could get with. Um, and that's it. But if you're not content, would you say you're doing yourself a disservice by not chasing that next half point yes. for the next one? It's not fulfilling enough. Which is the silky pajamas. Yes, that's mm. the silky pajama effect. Like yeah. you... Like you'll ride that four and a half out of out of five for a long time, and people will tell you how great it is, and it, it would probably sound like a five out of five, but it's been rated a four and a half out of five by whomever, right? Eventually, it just wears off. Silky pajama effect. Did silky you just pa- make that up? That's phenomenal. <laughs> silky pajama effect. The silky pajama effect. You heard it here. I think. Um, how are you supposed to chase? How this is classic, right? And this, this, uh, not to bring it back into fighting, it just reminded me, like, but like when Conor McGregor last fought, he lost, right? Yeah. But the other guy turned up, you know, and he did his training camp in like a because they're doing the whole quarantining and COVID safe type stuff. Yeah. He did it in his own little quarters, in his own little humble little private room, and all this kind of stuff. Conor McGregor parked his freaking yacht. Right? Yeah. He did his training camp on a yacht, you know, on a bank in Dubai in silky pajamas. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like people are like, oh, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe he's he's like, you know, he like he, he, he um, what were they saying? Like, you know, he, it's his fighting stance or it's this or he, he got too big. I'm like, no, dude, the guy's worth $300 million. He might still love to fight, but there's a big difference between turning up to your training camp in a yacht on the side in Dubai than doing your training camp in a garage in the in the middle of Dublin Island on a rainy on a rainy day. Yeah, I think you do, know. Do what? you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 so I, I, silky. I, I, paja- he, yeah. he literally turned up in silky silky Versace pajamas. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't blame the guy for maybe not having his head in the right space because. He's probably content. He's content. He's probably content. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? This goes back to the 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 truest the truest the truest, the truest movie movie saga that can that can speak to this really well is the Rocky series. There's yes, a point where perfect. the series takes a turn, and you see Rocky in the fancy car. Yeah. The and he's got the nice house. watch, the fancy house, 
and the media. he gets comfortable. He gets comfortable. He he's starts, still jacked, but he's just comfortable. He's comfortable. Yeah. He's he's kind of he's made it, and he deserved to make it because he put in the hard, the hard yards. yards. But he got he got content, I think. Yeah. And then stuff happens in life. Well, Clubber Lang comes along. Yeah. You know, puts him out of his comfort zone. He realizes I'm actually scared of this guy. This guy's training harder than me. Yeah. You know, because he's doing the. He's the in real the dirt. hard yard. He's in the underground, underground training hard. That's right. And, and he then, was do- he was pulling an original Rocky moves, and you know, Mickey, like Mickey, his trainer who knows Rocky really well, says, "You can't take this fight because he's going to smash you." Yeah. Because you haven't been training hard enough. And he doesn't like the realization that he's the, the guy that's trained him has told him you're not good enough mm. and you're going to get beat and he's like his ego comes into place and it's like no 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 I'm I'm finding this guy as yeah. much as he's shit scared I'm finding this guy and then Mickey ends up you know having a heart attack backstage Rocky still goes out into his fight club of Lang and gets his ass beat yep but then he go he has his Rocky three moment where he you know Apollo Creed takes him under his wing yeah and decides to you know train him underground style get like bring back they the Italian back the stallion you know what I mean get him out of the silky pajamas yeah and. And this is this is what I was this is what I was alluding to at the start of the podcast is exactly that it's like it, I think it takes a very special human being to still be in the silky pajamas but bring put themselves in the mindset of you know the underground lobby style type mentality of training studying whatever it might be you mm. know what I mean it's very hard to remove yourself from the your surroundings whatever it may be to still I don't know, move forward, mm. I guess. You know what I mean? So, I feel like it, it... Yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm just thinking about it now. It's 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 a tricky one. It's not it's not an easy one to... It's not an easy one to uh, to balance, put it that way. I think it just takes a conscious awareness of That's constantly That's easier said knowing. than done, though. A conscious awareness. Almost well, like you take... Yeah, but like... You're still waking up in silky pajamas, man. No, I know, but, <laughs> but that's why you've got to be conscious about it. Because yeah. otherwise, one day you'll wake up in silky pajamas because you're enjoying the life. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this feels nice. Yeah. And then, then you have your realization when you get beat and you're like, why am I getting beat? It's like, because you're not putting in the work anymore. Exactly. You've got to be aware of it. Um, well, that's what I said about with me. Like, I'm always going to be striving for a five. But the moment I feel like I'm in my mind, I'm making excuses or I'm saying things like, you know, enough stuff that four and a half is good. It's better than everybody else's. That's when I know I could, I'll be able to tell myself, no, no, that this is it. Like, yeah. And you know, one it's, of the it's, other- a, it's a what did you say the demi- the the end of the dimin- point of diminishing return. return. That's right. It's like yeah. And I think fizzle. if you get to you the point out. if you get to the point where you've you've been content, yeah. I think the worst part is is don't lie about it. Is take yeah. it on take the to, I think you need enough humility to to tell yourself that I'm just not good enough anymore. Or I just don't want it as bad yeah. anymore. There's something super respectable about seeing someone great that's had a really good career. And just like a really good career, and then the, and when they hang up their gloves and they've had a loss, look, they might not even have a loss. They might go out on a high. Do you know what's you know what I think is incredible is, oh, oh okay. Do you, would you would you like to leave a forty year career? I mean, a great career, mm-hmm. like a really good career. Yeah, on a win or a loss. Naturally, your ego tells you you want to, you want to, as in, have I had no losses at all? No, you've had your fair share at the start. I definitely want to go on a high, of course. That's what you want to do, but there's something respectable about going out on your sword, though, as well. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about. I want to lose. I want to go out on a loss, man. <laughs> I've lost a lot. I want to be, I want to go, not, not on you lose everything, just if it's like a bout or a fight or something like that. Like, you've had, this is, this comes back to the whole message of like, you're chasing down the loss all the time. Who's yeah. going to beat you? Yeah. And when you finally get beat, yeah, then you've won. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's a weird. It's it's no. You know what it is? It's um. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not necessarily satisfying. It's it's like it's almost relieving. Yeah. It's like you've relieved me from my duties. Like I've carried this company, or I've carried this sport, or I've carried this family, or I've, whatever it might be. You've carried them. You've, you're the the patriarch. You're the the champion. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And then that person that you've either trained or they've just come through the ranks, and they just do you, but do you better? Yeah. You just kind of go. Okay, I'm done. 
Like, yeah. I'm done. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, kind of. You all, Again, you, I'd still like to go out on a win on a 40-year career, whatever it might be. You want to be able to go out on top. Everyone always dreams about going out on top. But there's something innately satisfying about your last bout, your last press conference, your last meeting, your last whatever it might be. You could be a chef, your last dish you cook. I couldn't think of anything better for me or it was just like, for example, like a Gordon Ramsay style guy. Yeah. His sous chef just, you know, Gordon Ramsay's now 70 something. His sous chef is just slanging and doing all this crazy stuff and he just produces this master art. You'd be like, I've done my bit. Yeah. I'm, or if I'm you're good. a mad chef and you pass at your last final dish in the restaurant, yeah. someone cuts into it like, I fucking ordered medium rare. No, this is well done. <laughs> and then you shut your restaurant and you're like, shit, that's a, that's a pretty bad end. That's a bit, ex- that's a bit excessive. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm also like, I'd like to go out on, on my sword if someone just does me better. Like what I've done is awesome, but this person's come out and just doubled my awesome. So it's like, it's not, I'm not landing on a, on an overcooked steak. I'm just like, this guy just, I don't know, put extra love into it. He's just better. Yeah. I think there's something fulfilling about passing the, uh, torch. passing the torch yeah. Yeah, to the, to the next person that, that could be good. Um, it's, it's very movie-like. It is. I heard this quote the I'd other like day. I'd like to pass on to someone that I'd like. <laughs> I heard this quote the <laughs> other be, day. It'd be the worst to... But, okay, let me answer, ask you the same question. But would you rather go out on a win against a, a formidable opponent that you've always respected or go out on a loss to a rival? Fuck the rival. That I you've never liked. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> the ego comes into place. You're like, fuck the rival. I'm going to go out and win when I want to go <laughs> exactly. out and win. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody stop me, I'm sitting on the fence on that one. I want to beat them. If, they, if they're a dick, I want to teach them a lesson. Exactly. Um, but what is if they teach you a lesson? How do you feel about that? And that's your final bout. All right, man. May the best man win. <laughs> <laughs> May the best man win. Oh, God. Is there something pure in that sense, though? It's like, do you kind of be a bit altruistic and say, you know what, then, if they're a dick and they won, maybe it's their ticket to starting to learn their lifelong journey of being humble. No, that's bullshit. I don't know, man. It's like, this you just, like just, just want to win. I think the lessons within yourself, it's a massive... Exactly. The lessons within yourself, you just want to win. thick, salty-ass pill to swallow. Yeah, you want you want to lose to, <laughs> you want to lose to someone you like, but that's not the way life is, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I guess it, it comes down to yourself. That's it. You got to be kind of content in yourself and know that you've kind of lost. Um, I, I, I guess it was funny. I heard this joke the other day, but we, but it has a real application to life, and I'll, I'll kind of reword it in this: if your measure of if your measure of success is failing, have you succeeded? No. But why, why not? Because you shouldn't be, you, you, your measure shouldn't be based around failure. No, but but if you're always hunting down the loss of who's better than you... Oh, sorry, you meant it that way. Um, then, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Because I think I'm going to walk out of this now, always trying... Well, I, I tend to do that anyway. I'm always, I always want to have smarter people in my team. Yeah. I'm always happy to develop people and grow. I think that mentality of I don't want to share my secrets because I'll, I'll won't be as good anymore is such a loser mentality. I think in 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 you the should con- rem- you should remind me of an interview I had at the start of the week. Coach, remind in, me. In, in, in the context of not 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 like proprietary technology. If you're a tech company, if you've got a craft and a skill and that's your bread and butter. I don't mean like that. I mean in the in the context of like if you're in a job and you you never want to pass on other tasks to other people because mm. if they do that task better than you, you're going to get fired because someone else is going to see them. I'm talking about that. Yeah. It's such a loser mentality to not want to allow other people in your team to grow yeah. and then have their platform to become great. Yeah. Um, if you know you've got certain things that keep you on the edge, by all means, keep your cards a little bit close for some things while you're working your way up to your 4.5 or your 5. Yeah. But when you get content, don't be afraid to allow someone else to try and have a go because you're content. Yeah, so, sometimes that... And so, let them try and win you at it. Yeah, sometimes that can also, in a good way, because it, it's like a... I don't know whether it's a blessing or not, whatever, but it, it can you can shoot yourself in the foot sometimes on a business sense. Like, for example, I had a, I had an interview. Um, I was interviewing someone... Uh, for this, for some space, um, 
and like kind of working, collaborating together in, in the clinic. And I, you know, when you just, you know, when the conversation is going really well, it's like, okay, I can, you feel like this is in the bag. They like it. We're, we're working well together. We've yeah. got some ideas. This is, it's, it's, it's sealed. Well, it's not sealed yet, but it's like you the feel writing's good. on the wall. Yeah. Okay? And something really strange happened at the end. It could kind of tell he was a little bit like, you know, when someone wants to get something out of their chest, but they, then they muster the courage and say it. And then they go, he goes, um, so how do you feel about having me on board? I'm like, well, that's what we've discussed for the last hour. Like, I, I wouldn't be sitting with you if I didn't want you on, on board. He's like, no, no, but I meant as in like my skill set. How do you feel about having my skill set on board? I said, I think that'll be great. I think it'll be a really good skill set to have on board. Yeah. And he goes, how do you think that'll impact you? And I said, what do you mean? And he was kind of alluding that whatever he's doing was better than what I was doing, which could very well be. Yeah. He maybe was better than what I was doing. Yeah. But I went, dude, that's awesome. Because if you're just literally down the hallway from me and, you're, and your skill set, I'm presuming you're saying your skill set is um, you'll be able to offer a better service than what I'm... Oh, no, that's not exactly what I was saying. I said, well, what exactly are you saying? He's like, well, it's just, you know, our styles are kind of very similar. And I believe that what, what I'm what I'm doing is not necessarily superior, but it's it's next level stuff. Yeah. I said, awesome. And he's like, oh, okay. And he didn't take the job. Really? Yeah. So that's odd because I thought because I felt like he wanted me to kind of like bow down and go, no, no, well, yeah, you you would definitely take the reins. You would do this, da 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 da. And I didn't necessarily say that. I just said, dude, if you're doing really good, I want you in my team. And if you're better than me, then great. Mm. Like, he, he was he was more so alluding to the fact that he didn't want to steal business from me. Because he's, he's, he, in his mindset, he was saying that, like, I don't want you to feel like if your clients come over to me, that I'm taking your business. Alluding to the fact that whatever he's doing will be superior to what I'm doing. And that could very well be mm. the case. But I was more than content of having this guy on board because it will up my own game mm. and it'll just be an overall better thing for the business. Mm. But for whatever reason, still a mystery to me. That's fascinating. I can't even pinpoint why. Now, that- you could look at it different ways. It was like, maybe there was other stuff. Maybe I'm looking into it too much and probably he had a better offer somewhere else. Maybe. But it's like, if everything was going smoothly to that point, but then he you know, said that bit at the end, what is one to think? It's like, did he not take the job because I was like too comfortable with him having on board or did he want me to meet with him a little bit of resistance or did he want me to fight him verbally on the fact that, no, no, what what I'm do superior. have this like back and forth, like Mm. macho style type, who's better kind of thing. And I just didn't think of it that way. Mm. So still a mystery to me. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't I'll, I'll park that and reflect on a little bit too when it comes to looking at the frozen frogs because um, <laughs> some things kind of some things kind of get my interest and wondering why yeah um, yeah I don't know man I think uh, I'm I'm I can't say I don't know because I started off this episode on sitting on the fence kind of chat didn't I so I got to pick a side now um, what is even, though, even though it's not really what we talked about this whole episode no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like, I think it was I think it was a multitude of different things I think we've had a similar episode about this but it's been more like it's been based around the silky pajamas and having the humility to understand when your time is up yeah but simultaneously if you don't want your time to be up it's time for you to step up your game even more than what you did for the 10 years prior or two decades prior to get to the top. Yeah. So I think the basis was less picking a side of the fence. I think it's more, um, don't wear silky pajamas. <laughs> no, I'm being <laughs> that legit. True. Maybe that, maybe that wear silky pajamas every now and then just buy yourself a came up, but actually came out's pretty good. Um, just, I don't know. We're, we're, a, we're a, is it, do you think this is a worry for my future career, my future life? What's that? I get to the point. You know what? If you I want if silky I re- pajamas. <laughs> no, no. If I really made it, like I mean, like really made. Imagine it. silky pajamas and silky sheets. I hate silky sheets, man. But I if never, you're wearing silky pajamas and silky sheets, the, the, the I just don't the, like the, sil- the turning over in the middle of the night is effortless. Yeah, but it's like stuffy you're like a rotisserie, and hot. just slowly like. <laughs> just, 
turning in your no, bed. No, you'd like laying bed and you'll <laughs> slide straight off again. Yeah. No, I don't like it. It feels too sticky and hot and unbreathable. Cotton's, cotton's the best breathing on my skin. Yeah, silky sheets to me. They're just too... Your skin can't breathe them. The best, the best fabrics, cotton, man. Natural cotton, or just uh, your your. I like, I like a good your, f- your birthday suit. <laughs> I was just about to say birthday suit in flannelette sheets in winter. Yeah. Oh, drinking my glacial Viking water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was gonna, one one thing I was going to say is if you if if is this a bad thing, right? Okay. If, if you said you're worried about your future. No, if I really, yeah, if I, if, I, if say hypothetically, if I like really make it, yeah, right, is it a bad thing? Because I've often that that if I really make it, I don't just think about like I want to have like a nice yacht training on the shoreline somewhere. Like it's not <laughs> what I think about. This but it would be I pretty cool, about. though. It would be pretty cool, but <laughs> I'm a bit weird. If I was so comfortable mm. that I could buy and have on-demand delivery. A new pair of fresh, clean, crisp white socks and underpants so that I open the packet up and pull out a every fresh time. pair of underpants every, every time. time. Okay. And a brand new set of like tracksuit sweatpants mm. and hoodie. Every day brand new. Yeah. Because I want to have that new smell of like, you know when you get a new tracksuit and yeah. you smell, it's got that mad you just slide tracksuit humbles, like that, not humble, that, that um, comforting smell. Mm. If I was full comfortable, <laughs> I want to buy it and then after I've worn it, I'll like donate it. Okay. But open it up every day. Well, Is even, that even, even setting myself up? Huh? <laughs> even the underpants? No. <laughs> if No. If... Just the tracksuit pants. Is that setting myself up for the silky pajama effect of right course. out the gate? No. Look, I'm not trying to say don't. You have to aim for silky pajamas. Let's just say silky pajamas is the, the top of the top. It's your Rocky 3. Well, before Rocky 3. Right? It's the top. Silky pajamas is everything. Everything you can imagine that comes with silky pajamas comes with silky pajamas. Mm. You need to aim for that in general. No, I know. But I'm saying as soon as you make it, you just like... I don't know. You just need to like aim for like, I don't know, something else. Something that you would deem higher than that. But there's just so maybe, much... Maybe, maybe what you aim for, and I think this is what a lot of people <clears throat> lack as well. There's a lot of lack of giving back. Right, I think once you get to silky pajamas, you've got a story to tell. Mm. So I think you should reverse engineer how to get others without being like a, you know, a, one of those you know keynote speakers and you know self help and how do you get to being rich? None of that dicky stuff. I mean, as in like even just picking one person from the bottom. And Go just- back to the training camp where there's no aircon and yeah. have a chat with a kid who's underprivileged and needs some guidance. So you, and doesn't, when you're doesn't in the trenches the with them, yeah. you run the dirt with them, yeah. you run the track with them, you lift the weights with them, you study with them. It keeps your perspective real. And then at the end of the day, you can go back to your silky pajamas. Mm. But yeah, there's this constant reminder of... It's like, it's like... It's like when you play a video game. Like... You might play like, you know, Assassin's Creed on easy level. When you mm. finished it, you're like, oh, such a cool game. You know what? I'm going to play it on hard level. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, well, I've already finished the game, but it's kind of like, well, what levels are there to the game? Mm. Like, this it. is the end. Maybe if I go back and increase the level from easy to medium, and if I beat it on medium, maybe I'll just go to, you know, ultimate Viking level and, you know, beat the game then. Have you ever tried playing Doom on hardcore mode? <laughs> So, <laughs> as soon as you switch on, it's like, ah, you just die straight away. So, like, uh, so recently, right? Like, I got like, <clears throat> it's it's weird. It's just, it's, and this is how I feel like my mind. I feel like I'm 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 content with how my mind is because I know it's. I feel like it's in the right space. Like, um, I've got uh, like I've got the the PS5. Right, so I'm playing FIFA. Like, yeah, I like playing FIFA. Right, but it's weird. I don't like winning. What level do you play for? Okay, so when you first start, there's like am- I know I don't play an amateur because I, I can I can win that. And there's no fun in winning ten nil. It isn't right. Yeah. So I'm playing a league at the moment where it's on professional. So it's like it's there's there's, there's um, amateur, semi pro, pro, and I'm kind of getting good at pro and I'm winning, but I don't like the fact that I'm winning. So I like you losing. Hu- you want hard, but then I don't like the actual losing because then I'm not coming first in the game. It's a really weird thing. So I want this balance. <laughs> Of, <clears throat> I've played a few games on world class, 
yeah. not legendary, world class. And I play with like a really good team and it's a shit team yeah. and I still get beat. I'm like, damn it. So I go, I'm floating back and forth between professional and world class. Yeah. And I want to get to world class, but I want to win at world class, but I don't want to win too much at world class. So it's like, it's a, it's a tricky one. It's like, I want the balance, but I don't want to win all the time because I want to... I, I, it sounds very Gary Vee-esque of me, but I just, I love struggle. It's something weird about... It's something weird about struggling. It's something weird about doing preseason training on a Tuesday night and being at the end of the pack because you're tired. There's something strange about that I dislike locking my door of, of, of my clinic at eight o'clock at night. Like, I don't like it. But you like it. But I like it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like walking in the door and high-fiving my kids five minutes before they go to bed because I want to spend time with them. But I like it. Yeah. There's this, this weird, unhealthy balance that creates a balance mm. with that kind of, you know. I think that's another topic for another show. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. That's a weird one, but I don't. I can't. I don't. Ex- I don't know how to define that mindset. The unhealthy, healthy balance. I think that's another topic for another show, man. I okay. think you just uh, park the next topic. Um, All right. <clears throat> look, we, we we covered a, covered a, a random set of uh, set of things there. What started out to be a uh, sitting, <laughs> sitting on the sitting fence. fence. Um, I think you, I think, I think we can actually say we sat on the other side of the fence of, it's almost like not being content with contentment. Yeah. Which is almost being on the fence, isn't it? <laughs> not <laughs> All right, really, everyone, yeah. episode 78 of Journey to Rev. I hope you've enjoyed the show as always. We're, we're super humbled to have you here listening to us uh, as part of the JTW fam. If you ever want to reach out, you certainly can at journeytowherever.com. All our contact details are on there, or you can just search us online. Share it, tell a friend, uh, leave us a review, rating, uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're thrilled to, to have you listening. You smashed it, bro. I've got nothing to say. Yeah, we're, everything that Ivan said, just tell one friend. Exactly. And one on that friend. note, I'm hanging up my gloves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, peace out. Later. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs>